Welcome to Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. I'm your co-host, Erin Todd. I'm a writer and an intuitive eater. And I'm your co-host, Charlie Castle, registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. We're here to help you discover whole health for your mind, body, and soul. That's right. Our goal is to embody scripture, ditch dieting, and live on purpose. Woo! Woo! Yes, girl. Welcome back to Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. We are so excited to be doing this book club series on the podcast. It's just in time for summer reading. And the next book we're doing together is The Burden of Better by Heather Creekmore. If you want to read along with us, go grab your copy now wherever you buy your books and get started reading. In today's podcast episode, we're going to talk specifically about the book, The Burden of Better. And everybody has access to this. You can all listen along and decide if you want to join in for the book club. And then in August, we are hosting our live book club meeting on Zoom in our membership site. So only members have access to the book club meeting. Mark your calendar for August 23rd at 12 noon Eastern if you want to join in for the book club meeting. At the book club meeting, we're going to be getting together on Zoom, discussing the book, sharing our takeaways, talking through the hard parts, and best of all, we have the one and only Heather Creekmore herself joining us for a live Q&A. You have to be a member to access the book club Zoom, but you can just join for the month of the meeting and then cancel your monthly membership after that if you like. No hard feelings, we promise. You can find more details and sign up for the membership site on our website, intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. And now that we all know how the book club is going to work, let's talk about this month's book, The Burden of Better, and jump into our conversation with Heather. Hey, good morning, Heather. Hey, Erin. Good to be with you. I'm sorry it's just me today because I remember when Shar and I read The Burden of Better together um, the summer it was coming out and as we were getting ready to do a bunch of podcast stuff and it totally slayed us. So I'm going to be missing um, going down memory lane with her on that, but I'll try and do my best in her absence because she's sick. But I... I'm so excited to talk to you about The Burden of Better. It is a fantastic book. I can't wait for everybody to read it together in the community. Um, so I'm hoping you could give us a little bit of the the God story behind writing this book, what led you to write it, and just kind of tell us um, some backstory. Yeah. Well, lest anyone be fooled by the title, The Burden of Better, this is really a book about comparison. And in fact, now I think we're, we're talking about renaming the book because burden of better might sound, I don't know, heavy, (laughs) I guess, but really the subtitle says it all. This is a book about how to lead a comparison-free life. And the God story behind writing it was really after I wrote compared to who I had women that were reaching out to me saying, okay. I'm doing better with my body image now. I think I've got a handle on that, but I'm still comparing my marriage. I'm still comparing the way I parent. I'm still comparing my house and my job and the number of likes I get when I post something on social media. And so people were writing me saying, Heather, what do you have for that? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and I really had to dig in. It actually, the writing of this book happened at a really tumultuous time for us personally. And we were 
sort of sent on a sabbatical. And I wrote probably 75% of this book while traveling, sitting in our minivan. My husband was driving. My legs were like up on the dash with my like iPad and keyboard, (laughs) like just writing, writing stories. And really the journey that God took us on as a family and then me on personally was a journey deeper into his grace. Because Aaron, I was raised in a Christian home. I went to Christian schools, like really all the way through graduate school. And I thought I knew what grace was. Like I could have given you a definition of it. But when I kept seeking God and saying, okay, God, what is the cure to comparison? He kept taking me back to grace. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. But what is the cure for comparison? <laughs> and really, that's that's the God story there. That's how God surprised me through this book. God teaches me things when I write. Um, I sometimes I'm like, wait, I wrote that? Huh? <laughs> I remember writing that um, <laughs> because that's just, just kind of how he he helps me learn um, is through writing and processing things. And um, and so it's this book is about how to lead a comparison free life. But then it's really a lot more um, biblically, biblically deep. There's more scriptural depth to it. Let me just put it that way in terms of deep diving into grace and ideals, right? That's a place we all get stuck is, is wanting to be more like our ideals and, and things like that. So it, it goes deeper. It's meatier than compared to who I actually think it's a much better book than compared to who, <laughs> quite honestly. Although I do think it has body image issues because the cover, mm, I don't know, the cover just doesn't grab you like compared to whose cover. So, so I'm going to um, encourage your listeners to get over the book's body image issues <laughs> and, and dig in because uh, there's a lot of good stuff behind that cover. Can you clarify for us how, so what? I experienced with compared to who and reading that first, like this is not a, I wouldn't call it like a sequel, but it definitely tracks like you're saying with, if you've read compared to who, not that you have to, to read the burden of better, you are going deeper in this one. And so, um, and I hope we do compared to who at a later date at a later book club, but can you just kind of, for people that have um, maybe read compared to who already, just like give an A and B comparison kind of between the two of those, um, or just to clarify, um, the differences there and what they can expect having, um, kind of maybe read already some of your work. Yeah. So compared to who is really my story and I take my story of struggling with body image and I share all the good, the bad, (laughs) the embarrassing, um, and compared to who, and then I dig into this concept of body image idolatry, which was really, you know, the tipping point for me and figuring out why I had been stuck for so many years. And then the end of compared to who kind of takes you through, okay, here's some really practical things that you can do. If you want to stay free from body image issues, the burden of better really takes a look at comparison, kind of in the same way that compared to who took a look at body image issues. Burden of Better looks at comparison. I dig into some of the science behind comparison. I dig into why comparison hurts us more than we think it actually hurts us. Um, Ways from how it hurts our marriages. And I don't mean comparing your marriage to someone else's marriage. I mean, even comparing yourself within marriage. I 
was a new mom once who hated her husband when he got home from work after, after going out to lunch and going to the gym when I had been filling sippy cups all day long and changing diapers. So there are secret ways that we compare that are so subtle, so, so normal, but yet damaging to us. So the burden of better digs into the science behind comparison instead of just body image, although body image, certainly everything you read in the burden of better, you could apply to your body image issues for sure, but it's just written in such a way that it's much broader and can apply to really any area of comparison that you get stuck in. Yeah. I, um, just want to share from experience here. That was the the journey you took me on, and, and I'll speak for Shar a little bit too, because we talked about this a lot compared to who was the revelation of, oh man, this is an idol. Look, <laughs> look what I've done. Oh no. Um, but then I knew what to do with it. Thanks to your book. But then this one, it was like, oh no, I've done it with other things. <laughs> so it's definitely, um, recognizing how that same kind of thinking was like following me. Um, and I think, yeah, just the teachings on the different types of grace and how that applies and how that is the solution um, was really what I left uh, Burden of Better with. And it was so good, so good. I can't wait for people to read it. Um, okay, so I want to talk about um, my favorite chapter and get you to just um, share a little bit around. You've already touched on it a little bit, but the chapter that's titled The Ideal Me was the one where I have all the pages dog-eared, like everything's bracketed and underlined. So um, I think that's going to resonate with um, our community a lot. So if you can talk about that chapter a little bit, that'd be great. That's my favorite chapter too. And really my next book, I was hoping to just write that chapter as a full book. (laughs) It didn't really work out that way, but, um, but yes, that is the chapter that I've gotten the most feedback on. And really it was, like I said, it was, (laughs) I wouldn't say an accident, like the Bob Ross, happy little accidents. It wasn't like a full accident that I wrote that chapter, but as I just kept digging, I was like, why do we get stuck with, I should be like this, right? And there's, there's the body aspect to that, but there's also like a food aspect to that, right? Like we expect ourselves to be, and I'm using quotation marks here, better eaters. Uh, We expect ourselves to like know better than to, you know, eat whatever thing we expect ourselves to do better when it comes to like exercise or other healthy habits. And we have all of this this huge bucket, let's say, of shoulds. And I had heard some teaching on should, and I, my friend Crystal Stein wrote a book on, on the shot of should. And I was like, yeah, okay, you know, should, but just didn't seem deep enough, Erin. It wasn't enough for, I was like, okay, oh, I'm shooting again. Okay. I shouldn't should. It was like, that seems so circular, right? I shouldn't should. How do I stop shooting? And I was like, well, wait, there, what is underneath the surface? And sure enough, these ideals, they're really just idols too. And they're idols that make me want to serve them because I believe they will give me what I want, which is a more ideal me. And I don't want to give the whole chapter away. I will say that I do. um, I had a lot of fun 
candidly just thinking through like, okay, what is the ideal me? And, and really in order to do that, I had to think about what makes me feel shame. And, and the number one thing for me was feeling shame. I mean, there's all the body stuff, of course, but, but outside of that realm, the number one thing was feeling like I should be a better parent in the arena of what I feed my children right now. It's no surprise that I'm over obsessed thinking about food and, you know, all of those things, right. Just given my background, eating disorder, all the things like that makes sense. But I recognized I was feeling this really deep shame for not being the kind of mom who made a certain lunch with sliced fresh vegetables, healthy things I had harvested from my garden and then, you know, thrashed the wheat and made them homemade bread. Like these ridiculous things. I mean, I'm a work at home homeschooling mom. Okay. I don't have time to thrash wheat and I can't even grow a succulent. Okay. But yet I had this expectation that I should be this kind of mom. And I really had to dig into who put that expectation on me right? It wasn't actually the way I was raised at all. (laughs) My mom worked too. My husband could have cared less. He was like, you got this. I trust you. I'm not really worried about how you're feeding our children. It it wasn't in the Bible, right? There was no scripture I could find that said your children should eat sliced red peppers with lunch every day. Like that wasn't, but I, yet I carried this as if, and that's kind of where the title comes from. I carry this like a burden. Like I need to do better at feeding my children. I should be this kind of mom. The ideal me does this and then would go to bed feeling like I messed up. I just can't be like that mom I want to be. And really it was, it was a wrestling match of sorts between my will and God's will (laughs) in terms of what should I really be following here? Should I really be like succumbing to this pressure to make a certain kind of lunch for my kids? And and let me clarify, there's nothing wrong with feeding your kids a healthy lunch. Like that's a good thing, but it's not an ultimate thing. And it's not the kind of thing that should distract me from (laughs) doing work for God's kingdom because I'm so bogged down with the shame of what I feel, the dinosaur chicken nuggets. I crack open and feed my children for lunch. And so that's, that's just one illustration, but I think anyone listening today probably immediately can think of something in their life that they always feel like they're feeling at, that they like just know they want to do, like they resolve to themselves. Maybe it's every Sunday night. You say tomorrow, Monday morning, I'm going to start and I'm going to do this. And we make these vows, right? Like I'm going to do this every single day for the rest of my life where I'm never going to do this again. And, you know, it's like forever and ever. And then, you know, by Wednesday, I messed up again and we carry this burden that we should be better. And I think Jesus has something to say to us on that. And it's not like a taskmaster with a whip, do better. Why can't you meet your own goals and keep your own resolutions? It's, oh, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. Whose burden are you carrying when you're trying to do that? And so, yeah, that's kind of a little teaser for for what's in that chapter. Yeah, I know. Um, we need to hear it just as much now as when you wrote it. And I think we probably always need to hear it. And that was the fun part of going back through this since I read it when it came out 
and just kind of skimming back through the highlights and everything. This is definitely, um, I think, a book that you could read again, like, and you could probably circle back to since so much of this is, I mean, all of this is an ongoing process work. Like our faith is this thing that we walk out all the time. And um, I just have noticed that even the things that I've learned (laughs) that I've been taught by reading books and just having the Lord teach me, like I need reminders. So um, I want to encourage everybody who's going to be reading Burden of Better for the first time with the book club to to go slow and savor it, but also just know that like, you're probably going to need to read it again in like another year or two. (laughs) If you're anything like me, it's like, um, I still need to deal with this. Well, and there's questions at the end of every chapter. Yeah, and they're so good. People are always like, I read the whole book. I didn't do those questions. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. I don't do the questions either. But those questions are really an opportunity to process the content in yeah. a way that makes it more real to whatever you're stuck in. So there's there is the opportunity to just read it straight through and then go back and read it again and answer those questions to really dig in deeper. Yeah, and I want to encourage everybody who is going to join us. Um, we're going to be having our book club Zoom meeting for um, the membership ladies on the 23rd of August. So if you haven't had time to read everything and process by then, like we're going to talk about it and share favorite lines and share what we learned and just let Heather pour into us at the book club Zoom. But like, go back if you didn't have time to do it, since it's going to be a quick turnaround. They're so good. And I love how you have it titled like action plan, comparison free action plan, because um, if we do actually apply it and bring it into our life, it will change our actions because it's changing our thinking first. So like that's, that's, um, it's a resource there and it's built right into this amazing book. So I want everybody to do the question for once. (laughs) you learned anything with um, intuitive eating um, between our podcast workbook and the original intuitive being authors workbook, like questions and processing things and doing little action steps at the end of reading something, it really um, changes how you're taking in the information and that gives God um, the opportunity to like really work on you on it. Like you're not just consuming the information. Um, you're going to bring it to life. And I think doing that together is going to be pretty cool. So I'm really looking forward Mm -hmm. to um, getting the chance to have everybody together on a Zoom and chat with you about this. Um, I would like you to do a little drive-by for me on the types of grace so they can understand like, hey, there's a teaching in here. You're going to learn kind of some, I don't know, I guess, trying to think I'm like did I ever learn that did anyone ever teach me that in church and I'm like no no they didn't yeah. so um there's some actual get your learn on <laughs> in here too tucked into all the practical um and challenging things so give us a quick overview of that yeah. if you could yeah sure and it is definitely get your learn on but it's also it's still my style it's still friendly and stories and I'm not gonna, you know, hopefully not bore you no, not at all. exegesis. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's not your style, that's okay. Um, Cause that's not what this is. But the first type of grace I talk about is saving grace. And I think that's the one that most of us are most familiar with, right? Like that's the one we heard about in Sunday school, or we learned about in church is thanks 
to God's grace, I am saved and I'm going to heaven. But where I go with saving grace in the, in the context of comparison, it's really thinking about how, if we fully understood our eternity was secure, like, why would we be afraid of what other people think of us? Why would we be afraid of not meeting our own expectations, right? If, if we really believed that this life isn't the end game, <laughs> that, that heaven is actually where we're going to spend eternity, like how would that change our perspective in these arenas where we just get so caught up in wanting to be better? And so I do a deep dive in saving grace from that aspect there. And then I talk about sanctifying grace because it's not that God wants us to just never change, right? And I think too often, especially, you know, (laughs) people like you and me and people who struggle with these issues, we are black and white thinkers. And so we hear like, oh, you shouldn't compare. You shouldn't change. We hear that as like, you just want me to stay the same for the rest of my life. That can't be good. And no, that's not it at all. God has ordained and orchestrated a way for us to change change, but it's for us to grow, to be more like him through sanctification. And that is a grace to us. So I dig into God's sanctifying grace and what it looks like when we're on God's makeover plan and how that's completely different (laughs) than being on a beach body makeover plan, right? This, this is a makeover that will last for eternity. This is a makeover that actually solves the things we struggle with. And so that's what sanctifying grace is. And then the next type of grace I talk about is God's growing grace, which is really like, that's where it gets fun, right? We miss out on this when we stay stuck trying to be better in the way we want to be better. When God says, Hey, I'm going to sanctify you, but I've given you these gifts, these passions, these things to do here. And what I found there, and then I talk about this a little bit in compared to who too, when you find what you were created for, and it doesn't have to be some big amorphous thing, right? It doesn't really go, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to write books and I've got to start a podcast. No, 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 no. No. When you find how God wired you, what passions he gave you, what he gifted you for, and find something to do with all that, that's when the fire gets lit. And guess what? You don't really care so much about whether or not you got some extra pounds or some extra wrinkles, right? That's when thinking about self and all that body image stuff can really start to fade away because you are free to be like, you know what? God, I see now that you gave me this exact body (laughs) to do exactly what you had for me to do. And I'm equipped to do it. And so that's really fun. And then the last kind of grace I go into is sustaining grace, which is really the reality that even though life is hard and there is suffering in this world, God has promised to never leave us or forsake us. He is right there with us. He promises to sustain us, even when it feels like the bottom has fallen out, even when it feels like there's no one around you that is your friend, Um, even when you face the worst kind of rejection in, in marriage or or in life, he's still there. And so those are the four kinds of saving, sanctifying, growing, and sustaining grace. So good. I love that. Okay. And I also was personally, um, I don't know, just really happy with how you kind of landed it in um, this place of rest, which we've already touched on a little bit, but also contentment, because that was just something I'm like, 
can't really get my head around this. And I certainly struggle to experience it on the daily. So can you talk a little bit about um, what the book is going to say to people about contentment? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll I'll be really honest with you, Erin. We wrestled, my publisher and I wrestled whether or not contentment should be part of the title. And we decided that it shouldn't because we decided that it's a word that's really difficult to swallow. If, especially if you were yeah. raised in church, you've heard about contentment a lot. I remember as a single woman being told as soon as I could be content being single, that's when my husband was going to magically drop out of the sky. And so, I mean, those weren't their exact words, but that's what I heard. And I mean, I just remember feeling, okay, what do I have to do to be content? Like, am I content now? Is this content enough? And, you know, and I knew the scripture, I knew Paul said to be content, but I I just, I couldn't figure out how to like unlock that combination. And so as I talk about contentment, don't hear it as a burden. Don't hear it as something else you have to do, something else you have to find. Really the way I talk about contentment in the book is, is more just the contentment that comes when you are able to let go of your strivings and recognize that God is good enough to handle it all, <laughs> that God is good enough to be faithful to you, that God is trustworthy. And, and that's the kind of, of deep contentment that I'm talking about when I, when I kind of land the plane in the book. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the meditation apps I use uses what you use for the memory verse at the end of that chapter. And I'm like, Oh, like this is what they're talking about. And I just, I don't know, like I understood it and you explained it really well, but it's still something that I'm like, kind of like living into. So I think the um, verse out of first Thessalonians uh, five rejoice, always pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's like how that is just stated perfectly. Like that is just, that sums it all up. And um, I love that that was the verse you used. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Okay. So is there anything else um, we need to give the readers a heads up for prior to the book club? Um, I feel like, I feel like, everybody's going to be really excited to read this. This is just such a, um, such a fun read, but also like there's so much good stuff in there. And um, everybody who kind of identifies, especially with kind of our personality uh, dispositions, we have a lot of things in common with kind of the type A and control and like idle tendencies. And um I just, if you identify with any of that with us, like this is for you because it's definitely, um, it's like you're inside my head writing this, which is crazy. <laughs> so, um, Heather gets it y'all, you know, <laughs> I don't need to tell you that, but, uh, she really gets it. And this book really reflects that. And it's just, um, it's going to speak into your life in kind of an eerie way. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. a good thing in my, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to just tease my favorite line slash concept from the whole book, which is in the last chapter. Okay. Yes. Hit us. And that is the reason why we go on diets. Now I know all your intuitive eating people aren't going on diets anymore, but they'll understand from their, their past. The reason why we go on diets 
is because we want to rest because no one actually goes on a diet hoping to be on that diet forever and ever. <laughs> no one goes on a diet thinking, yay, I cannot eat carbs for the rest of my life. Won't this be awesome? Like, no, no, we go on a diet. We are lured by diets, by plans like that, because we believe on the other side of six weeks, six months, however long the plan is, we believe that we'll be able to rest then. And that's what idols do, right? Idols tell us, you know, hey, just do what I say and you'll be able to rest at the end. And I think especially for people who are going the route of intuitive eating, it's going to be a solid reminder that the promises that those diets, and I know those diets are calling out to you when you're trying to do IE, they are showing up in your Instagram feed. They are saying, remember me and how wonderful we got along. <laughs> remember, remember a grand love affair, <laughs> you know, just like four easy payments of $39.95 and we could be together again. I mean, they're, they're giving all their best lines. And we think what we long for in that, we think the reason we're tempted in that is because we want body transformation. But I think what we really want more than body transformation is just rest. We just want to have peace. We just want to not have to think about this anymore. And we want to not struggle, <laughs> right? And so I, that's, that's kind of my favorite revelation from the whole book. It's at the very end. So you got to read the whole way to the last chapter, not necessarily before the book club meeting, but, but you got to get to the last chapter to get to that line. But I, I think that's, um, it's just a really important principle for those of us who have been lured by diets for many decades to recognize. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. That was the, um, and I think you were showing that to me still, cause I'm still pretty much in early days of, um, at least teaching on what I was learning to implement in my life and recognizing it and just framing it as rest and peace um, was just kind of that perspective shift that helped me to, I, I think, plug into scripture for everything that it has to say about rest and peace for that and really just understand it differently. Um, but that's what it, that's what, I mean, that's definitely what it was the whole time I was dieting, you know, mm -hmm. that's what when you peel all the layers back of, I want to feel comfortable in my body, or I want to, you know, have confidence. Like, what does that actually mean to me? Take every layer off. It's like, Oh, I can rest right. secure right, and easy. Right. Um, so yeah, you, you right. definitely, um, you definitely nailed that part of it. Uh, and I thank you for that. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I'd just like for you to um, just close us in a little prayer for the women who are going to yeah. be embarking on this journey of reading and um, coming to the, to the meeting and just what, um, what the Lord can do through um, this book as it comes into the community. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for every woman listening to this today and every woman who will read The Burden of Better with the book club and, and will we'll be on this journey to seek freedom from comparison, from the bondage 
of striving to be more like others or be more like an ideal version of herself. God, I just pray that you will walk along beside her, that you will envelop her in your love. So she can feel the reality of your saving grace of the security she has because she is yours and yours alone. God, I pray that you will break the chains of bondage around food and just all the other ways that we have become idolaters and in thinking that it's our mission on this earth to make our lives better in the way that culture defines it. God, I just pray you'll break those chains off so that we are free to do what you created and designed us to do, that we are free to feel alive in you living on fire for your purpose in our lives and free to just rest unencumbered by these standards and these beliefs that come to us from a place that's not, not of you. God, I thank you for these women, God. I thank you for the journey they're about to embark on. And I pray that you'll use my words to speak clearly to them. It's in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We hope you're going to be joining us for the book club Zoom meeting happening over in our membership site. Mark your calendar for August 23rd, 2022. Grab your copy of The Burden of Better and join us. To become a monthly member, head to our podcast website, click the support tab at the top and navigate to our membership site. There you can join for $10 a month, support the podcast, and get access to our many amazing resources just for members, including the monthly coffee dates and this new book club. While you're on our podcast website, be sure you also check out the details on our online courses page about the very special group coaching format we are going to be doing for our most comprehensive course called the Attunement Reset, and it's starting this September. We are running an early bird special on that until August 17th. So there's a few key dates for August that you need to remember. That's August 17th for the end of the early bird special and then August 23rd for our book club on the burden of better. So much good stuff going on. Happy reading sisters and we hope to see you inside the membership site for our August book club.